So, what were we going to talk about? We were going to say... This is Anywhere But Here. My name's Maria. My name's Tom. And we are two reluctant residents of Greensboro, North Carolina, who yeah. want to talk about it. And want to talk about it with other reluctant residents of Greensboro <laughs> and kind of explore our accidental love for the city. Yeah, it'll be great. I'm excited. I'm very excited. We're going to have guests and then you and I are going to talk for hours. Many, many hours. <laughs> so many hours. We're looking forward to it. Before we start this episode, I want to give a big shout out to Zipster, local web people who help entrepreneurs and artists make kick-ass websites and get found online. Visit Zipster.com to find out more information. And on to the episode. This is Christine Benz, and you're listening to Free Pizza. Okay, you ready to go? Let's do it. Let's do it. Free Pizza, your platform for creatives, and today we have a very special guest, someone I met on my trip to Austin back in 2017. Shout out to Josh, if you're listening to this. You should be listening to this, because this is your homie. Um, <laughs> the Drew, <laughs> and is it Drew Lakin? Is that how you pronounce your last it name? Is, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You crushed the, it. You got it. Yes. The Drew Lakin, um, an amazing graphic designer. Um, currently, you're in Oregon. I know you're traveling around a little bit, but currently, right now, you're in Oregon. Um, very blown away by your work. I remember I was gonna meet you and Matt at the same time. Both of you guys are insanely talented. So I'm super stoked to talk, uh, get your story. I talked to Matt, I think last two, maybe two years ago. So now it's your turn. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah, I, I listened to Josh's and Matt's. Those are two, two of my, or I haven't seen Josh in a long time, but Matt and I go way back. Yeah. So yeah. very happy to be here. And didn't you, didn't you and Matt briefly work together like at the same spot? Or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we met. I don't think we like knew each other like closely um, before college, but we both grew up in San Antonio in the kind of uh, hardcore punk metal scene. Yeah. Um, and so we were like aware of each other and we both uh, started at the Art Institute um, in Austin in the design program the same semester and we were just like, oh yeah, <laughs> we know each other. <laughs> um, and so we, we kind of like immediately hit it off and, and became close in school and then when we graduated, um, at the time there just wasn't there were a couple of agencies bigger agencies in town um but we didn't see um a spot that we were interested in working at and he and i had you know we really nerded out on type and texture and drawing and all this stuff that we were like why don't we just you know try like bring in our our collective like both of our uh, freelance projects and kind of start a yeah. little entity and we we called it sturdy and yeah ah. we worked together for two years yeah 
under that moniker. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, good deal. That's that sounds like it was so much fun while when it was a thing. Yeah, it was. It was cool. It kind of felt it, it looking back on it, it really um I think speaks to he and I, you know, how we operate and kind of like a if it doesn't exist or if we have an idea, let's just do it. Yeah. You know, like figure it out instead of like, oh, we need to follow this linear path because I think we were both very, you know, um, probably picky about what we wanted to do with with our what we had, you know, just gotten out of school for. So it felt good to really, you know, connect with him and try to set out on this more like DIY mm-hmm. uh, approach. Absolutely. Yeah, That's fun. That's amazing. Okay, so let's talk. Let's go jump back to kind of because you know you see you grew up in San Antonio. Um, so tell mm-hmm. us about a little bit your upbringing and maybe how you find yourself even going to the Arts Institute in the first place and kind of where your creative, I guess, itch kind of started. Totally. Yeah. Um, I would say so. Yeah, my my parents are from Missouri. They moved to Texas. Um, we moved around a little bit, but. Still ended up in San Antonio where I went to all the way through. Well, I actually dropped out of high school. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> uh, to, to, yeah. I, uh, I dropped out because I, it's just like school at the time gave me a lot of things. I, I, I know how to speak about it now, but it gave anxiety. I was really focused on in music at the time. Um, I think I'd mentioned earlier, I, started um my group of friends in high school was all brought together by music you know we had uh someone that was in band uh, multiple people that were on drumline were in our group and we had like people in theater just like a we had a cool group of creative friends but looking back like i i don't i wouldn't have at the time qualified us as like a group of creative people yeah we just like vibed on music and um i think that's where things really kind of started for me personally yeah i don't know or playing guitar really appealed to me but that's kind of what i focused on and so uh, after i dropped out of high school to join this band um called thumbscrew um, okay. they're oh, yeah. from I think they're from Colleen but we all like moved to Austin together and uh, that's kind of where yeah the whole I started to realize how important like art and um, music more specifically at the time was like my my outlet um, into like even the graphic world because it was like you know we were buying records and mm-hmm. like we wanted this is the you know pre-internet so we we wanted cds so we could look at the album art oh, and the layout you know take the yeah take the layout out of the jewel case and be like whoa look what they did like this is awesome um and uh being in thumbscrew the singer daniel also daniel <laughs> he uh he was the one who designed all of our all of our cd like all of our artwork um posters merch like he designed it all and so i had a really early lens into 
uh, just or the early days of Photoshop. Yeah. And, oh my God. Uh, yeah. And over time, uh, you know, we at the I'm trying to think of when this was. This would have been two thousand four. 2004 i think wow really yeah okay as when i joined uh so i was like 17 and i did i think i did my first tour when i was 17 and over time we were just you know we were scrappy we were poor <laughs> yeah but you're 17 <laughs> we <weren't>, years old <laughs> yeah all my bandmates were a little bit older than me but like we you know the type of music that we were playing it was very much like uh dillinger escape plan Ooh. like at the time it was you know it wasn't mainstream by any sense so like we we were on a label but we didn't have a lot of money um so we got to a point where we're like oh we can't afford to like have someone make shirts for us for tour so um daniel and i um started a little t-shirt uh, a little merch company I don't think we even had a name. We just printed our merch and made like um, t-shirts and posters and buttons. And then we would, you know, all of our friends that we toured with were like, oh, how, where did you get, you know, who makes your stuff? And we go, like, oh, us. So oh, wow. um, we started doing uh, merch for our friends, um, bands that were in like San Antonio and Texas bands that we knew on the east coast like in richmond or um florida and that's really when so i i became the screen printer i learned how to print and daniel was doing all the designs and then at oh. one point i was just like i have ideas i want to design some stuff and he gave me this you know bootleg really crappy version of photoshop <laughs> and uh the rest is history <laughs> Um, that's insane. Yeah. Holy moly. You know what? I love this because you're the second person. My friend, uh, Brian Morganti kind of did the same thing. He was in bands and didn't have money to pay someone to create merch. So he was like, well, let's just do it ourselves. And that is so cool to me. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. like true DIY. It was really, it was cool. I think it just felt good because we, we like it helped us make like it was our job when we were home yeah so like we were just compl like our life was writing music touring playing shows and then you know making stuff for our band or for our friends bands so it was just totally in enveloped together and when we were home um it just was a cool way to stay connected while we weren't on tour you know talking to our friends and making stuff yeah wow. Yeah, that's cool. I definitely have a question about this is not necessarily art related, but you dropping out of high school and then touring in like a, I guess a punk hardcore band I'm, sounds like a parent's nightmare. So how were you, how were your parents? How, how did that oh. work? Your parents? That's a great question. Um, I uh, I'm sure my mom might listen to this at some point. My dad probably not. But um, I, it was, it was, high school was a interesting time. Like, you know, I was doing well in school. I wasn't a, I was a good kid. I think I just, uh, I, it was hard to tell me what to do, you know, when I wanted to do something specifically like music. Um, 
Yeah, it was a point of contention at the time for sure. My mom, I, I essentially had to, I couldn't sign myself out of high school. Right. I was 17. Um, so I had, one of my parents had to essentially come in and sign me out and, and, and okay it essentially with like the principal. So I remember going in and my dad was not stoked about this. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time we, we, we butt heads a lot um, when I, you know, was a teenager and for a while through my my touring days um he was not happy about it for sure he went i think he wanted me to do more of a finish high school mm-hmm. go, go to college. college get a job he didn't i think he there was just a real he didn't understand yeah. uh my decisions um but my mom, my mom signed me out. They were trying to convince me to stay in high school so I could take music theory. And I was just like, I'm in a band already, you know. Like I was just really hard headed, even though I was like a quiet, shy, like introvert. I was just like, no, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so that is... my mom was. My mom has been my biggest cheerleader my entire life to this day, um, and I think she would she would have gone to bat for me no matter what so thank you to my mom for you know stick like you know i'm i know i was the source of a lot of arguments i'm sure at that (laughs) time but uh yeah i did it and um yeah it, it it started like a a hard uh stint where yeah my dad and i we weren't close for a long time because I think it was he didn't understand and i think he it, it to him it maybe it reflected bad on him like it was i don't know i wasn't doing what i was supposed to like what he expected me to do yeah so, pa- parents expectations are, are rough sometimes the parent totally, standards yeah totally. yeah yeah but, but all, at the end of the day you know i had to i i needed to follow what I, I knew at the time was like I, I wanted to throw myself into, and so yeah, I did. <laughs> and it's cool. I mean, you had that experience. That's an experience a lot of people will never have. And you know, you being seventeen years old on the road and you know doing your own thing. So I'm jealous of that, honestly. But <laughs> it is what it is. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, I I'm glad I did it when I did. You know, I don't think I could do it now. I think it was it was great um as a like hungry young person who had a lot of drive to travel to um you know and but that back then there were, you couldn't stream like our our way we didn't have an we there's no way to like visualize how big we were it, it honestly just felt like a vacation where we played shows because we printed like this is map quest directions in a binder this is myspace is how you put music out yep and people were buying cds i just think it was a good time for being in a in a band because um this is yep like i said earlier predates um streaming like we 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 saw we sold cds like we we actually could make money um and to keep doing it um and yeah i'm glad i did it when i did i i don't think i don't think i could hang these days i'm too old i'm old and uh, uh yeah yeah i feel it was a good time 
I definitely feel that. Oh my gosh, I can only imagine doing that. And you know, I'm in my thirties now. Just I couldn't do it. Different world. But um, <laughs> so going back to you totally. getting um, Photoshop, and you know, me thinking about Photoshop in the early two thousands is probably like it's insane to me. So obviously, you said you had your own ideas of what you wanted to create. So tell us about that. How you learned Photoshop. And what were you creating back in those days? Yeah, um, it's funny. I I think I just, you know, I keep thinking back a lot to my early years before I realized that I was making art. I, you know, for me, like, if you go back and look at all my old, like, binders in high school, like, I was doodling constantly. Like, oh. I was drawing o- over everything that I had. Yeah. And I just, to me, I think, looking back, it was probably, like, a coping mechanism, like, being in school, being anxious. Like, don't call on me. I'm going to be over here drawing on my folder or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think i was just really inspired by a lot of artists that my the singer my band daniel i was really into jacob bannon from converge oh yeah um i was really into aaron horky like any artist that was doing work in the punk and metal and hardcore scene um and i think i you know the band was a vessel for me to get out something Mm -hmm. um and I think I had that same, when I wasn't on tour, I had that same energy. Like, I have something I need to get out. And um, while I love screen printing, it was, you know, it was the, like, late laborious part of, you know, applying the art. And I wanted to come up with ideas. So I got this, I think it was called Photoshop Elements. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> I <laughs> remember it. I had from my, from my friend. <laughs> from Daniel and uh he taught me I, I think I just had to learn he taught me how to make brushes the use of brushes and the layering system and so back then you know of course my segue in was like designing like making stuff that kind of could live in that world like I was talking about and like for it could be for our band it could be for other bands but like all in this uh punk DIY like really gritty um, aesthetic like I was totally trying to make stuff that looked like Jacob Bannon's work back then which you know it's very crazy to see the work that I do now because it's so different totally different yeah Uh, but I but I was totally like oh I want this to look all like torn up and there's skulls and there's you know type that you can't read and yeah um but that's you know that's the world that I was in at that time. I was just really immersed in. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. I I'm, guess aggressive. Yeah, that's why. Uh, that's what I would say. Lack <laughs> <laughs> of a better word. Yeah, aggressive art. Um, but just learning that early bit of Photoshop. Um, put. I mean, once you once you learn that, I think to even as the programs have evolved over the years, the layering system like really helped me start to understand design uh, in the digital space. Exactly, exactly. It was cool because back then, YouTube obviously kind of was, I forgot what year YouTube really shot off, but 
you don't have the tutorial stuff you have now. So you're really digging into those programs and just really playing around and really diving into it and just hitting buttons and figuring things out, you know. So it kind of makes, you know, it, it, to me, I'm envious of people who had that stuff back in the day without these resources we have now because you really got more involved in those programs. Yeah, yeah, you really, like you said, you said it perfectly. You really had to, like, explore and experiment. Like, I, for the most part, didn't really know what I was doing. And yeah. so it was um, just playing around and, and, well, just trying to find, you know, with everybody when they use pro these programs, we all use them differently. It was, like, just trying to figure out how to do things in a way that, I was able to execute my idea how I wanted. Yeah. At the time, yeah. were you able to really kind of maybe sell some of your own designs you were making, or were you just kind of doing it mostly for fun? Or for um, your own, for your, or for I your think own it was band. A mix. Yeah. Huh? Or were you doing it for? Was it mostly your own band, or were you, you said you were selling things as well? Yeah, yeah. I I remember doing some shirts, doing some designs for some friends' bands, um, some Texas bands. Um, and then, um, eventually like it, when I started going to school, um, I was still kind of like designing in that world. Um, and, and I made posters and actually, wow, I don't know how I forgot about this. I briefly, um, tried to start like a clothing company, yes. like an apparel brand. Um, it was called Versus and, <laughs> yes. uh, I designed them. I screen printed them. Um, you know, I remember making like hang tags and I think I, I'm trying to remember what the name of the, I think big cartel was new back then. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you could create your own shop. Um, and I, I did, I gave it a go. Um, but again, like this, like pre, this is still pre like social media. So like the only way, um, that I could market it was word of mouth. Yep. Like I was sending shirts to like bands, like friends of mine on the, on all the coasts that were in bands so that they would go on tour and they'd be wearing my shirts and hopefully I would get, uh, people <laughs> to buy, buy some teas. Yes. I, I, it did not go as I'd hoped, um, but it was still a great learning experience. I, you know, my mom helped me a ton. My mom, built me a light box like i i lived in this place in uh, my parents neighborhood briefly um like a duplex that had its own little shed and yeah. i turned that into a screen printing shop where i was printing all my my shirts uh, shout to your mom dude it was yeah my mom is the best i my, yeah she's amazing <laughs> that's insane dude <laughs> yeah yeah, she just was again held, like there and like really cheering me on and um, believed in me and um, yeah did so much for me. So yeah, it was great. Yeah. I definitely want to shed light on something you said too about you trying to market yourself. It's so crazy when I'm thinking about now because you have Instagram, you have Facebook, you have all this stuff to where you didn't have to like said, send your stuff around physically hoping people would latch on, <laughs> you know, so you can make some money. Yeah. Like right now is people hope people listening to this right now. The landscape back then was just so different. <laughs> it is now. Totally. Cause and it's crazy. Cause it just doesn't even feel like it was that long ago. No, I mean, no, it doesn't. But it, within the part last it year, it really was a different time. 10, 15 years, you know, the landscape is completely different. I mean, it was that MySpace was a thing kind of, 
you know, back then. But other than that, man, you were just, you were huffing it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It was, yeah, I don't, I don't even remember where I got the idea. I think, you know, back then I was, I was someone who was like regularly on the Death Wish site, like yep. seeing what shirts they were putting out or, you know, the bands that I liked and, and granted, you know, they were all so much more established than just this little little dude in in texas who, you know <laughs> was kind of, didn't really like the spotlight so i just didn't even know how to like market myself to be honest it was just like figuring out what i could do and it was like mostly just giving friends my stuff and being like please wear this when you go on tour or tell your friends whatever <laughs> yeah please do anything <laughs> that's yeah that's crazy. So obviously, I'm curious. For everyone, everyone listening is curious. What brought you back to school? Because obviously, you had to get your GED or something to get into college. Oh yeah. So when I dropped out, I got my GED right oh, away. Oh, like you got right I away. Even went on tour. Gotcha. Um, okay. But flash forward, if we fast forward, like you know, past by the time I was printing my that my brand, um, I had already kind of stopped touring. Um, with Thumbscrew at at one point I think I must have been 21, 20 or 21 I just it was a weird time in, in music and in, in metal and, and punk for sure there was a lot of violence that I wasn't mm. like really in, interested in um, and I think I was living with my band and I felt maybe it was that I just needed some space like it, it because it really was 24 7 365 for like three or four years like I was always with my bandmates always thinking about tour I think um you know I could was like struggling to like pay my cell phone bill um and I think I that just started to wear on me like the the grind was was starting to wear so I worked in retail for a little bit. I worked at some pizza places, and uh, <laughs> yes, I, I didn't have I didn't have a direction for a few years. And I think, you know, from my experience in screen printing and designing T-shirts and posters and all this stuff, I um, I started to look at art schools because I was like, I just I need structure. I need to I need to pick something that interests me and see if. Um, I can like actually carve a path, a, a, a job. Um, cause really I just wanted some more stability and, um, the, the art Institute of Austin was just opening up, you know, I was naive, not, we'll get to that later, but I, yeah. I think I didn't, I wasn't as interested in like a normal college experience, Yeah, you know, going to a big campus and like, um, just what what I perceived the college experience to be, you know, I, again, was really focused and really um, shy. And I just, I wanted to just like go somewhere where I could, you know, get everything I could out of it as quickly as I could. And the Art, Art Institute was a three year, all year um, bachelor's program. And, um, and I could stay in Austin, obviously. So, yeah. Um, that was it and honestly i didn't know what to expect i was really scared to go back to school in general um because um 
yeah, I just had a lot of um, anxiety from high school and kind of throw myself back into it um, was a little a little nerve wracking for sure. Yeah, hundred ten percent. You know, because I mean, obviously you had those. You mentioned your experience in school, and like I'm trying to think about more school. It's just like, uh, but you know, obviously. <laughs> At least you went into it knowing you had a passion for something and that that would be the driving force for you to complete it. So, Yeah, totally. I think that was the other big thing, too, is that, you know, as I've learned, especially like in my career is, you know, it's not in that scenario. It wasn't even just school. It was that, OK, I'm, go- I'm going to a place where um, I'm going to be creating and I have to t- be able to talk about my ideas and what I did and why I did it and I'm gonna be you know critiqued and by my teachers by my peers you know like I think we all I think all creative people well maybe not at the time I just like I wanted to make stuff that I was proud of but I wanted to make stuff that resonated with other people too yep and I didn't get that with Thumbscrew, even though it resonated with me and it resonated with like people that I was around. Going back to my relationship with my parents, you know, my dad didn't understand some of my high school friends, like my family. Why is this gut kid in this like screaming music and people are, <laughs> you know, in mosh pits and I, I just, they didn't understand. And so now this is a whole new medium. And I think there was probably a little bit of a fear like, is this, you know, am I going to be creating more that is misunderstood and um either way it was it was a big leap for me and uh but it paid off for me big time i think just getting into a more structured environment um and i was older than matt and i were were the same age but i think we both we both started school right after we turned 22 so there was a lot of kids that were like 18. Oh, wow. Um, and I was, yeah, I was just like super focused. And I felt like I already knew that I was going to like take this seriously and, and do it. And then we were with, you know, the a lot of younger folks that were like interested, but didn't have any experience in it yet. And just like, oh, let's see how this goes. But um, I was in, I was 100% in. Wow. That's nuts. It's cool because... And my mom has, my mom and aunts have both have, have all gone back to school, and it's crazy how more serious you are, knowing how life is without it. <laughs> you know, working your retail jobs, the totally. pizza jobs, and all that. You're you come into it a completely different mindset than someone who's 18 years old who doesn't know the other side. <laughs> so you're Absolutely. there. You're there to get yeah. it in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was cool. It was perfect timing. I'm. I think that my path into it was I wouldn't change it like getting out of high school doing music and then going to college like I think if I had gone right in I mean who knows what would have happened but I don't think I think things would have been hard for me if I had finished high school and then went right to college Mm -hmm. like without having that time to explore my interest and not like feel like i had to do you know what was the status quo per se you know back then yeah yeah absolutely um 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about your your time at the institute. So uh, obviously, school was uh, you know you had your you had your concerns about it. So let's talk about maybe the highlights and maybe some of the the not so great parts of your time at the institute. <laughs> um, I would say the the uh, a really good part that's still you know I'm still reminded of weekly is the the community the the group of friends that I made. Like, oh yeah, I think. Matt and I like were a part of like a, a class of um, in the program early on that like we really got cl- it's interesting like we still have a Slack channel where there's probably 20 of us that still keep in contact and we I just feel really good about the group of people that we were in school with and like just to sit back and look at it now um we've all taken very different paths mm. um it, within the design space or the art space or not you know some people i'm sure didn't ke- keep up with it but um what i liked most about it was the consistency in school of like i always had someone in a class that i knew and like that made me feel more comfortable being being in school again is like quick quick to make some some buds and like that really helped in school because i think we all really learned a lot more from not not to discredit the school or the teachers but i think we all learned a lot more from each other than we did uh from like what we were being taught per se is like a interest in art and design outside of what was being taught to us um but yeah uh the good, I think the good was, again, for me, uh, just that I was really focused and I took it seriously. Yeah. Uh, like, it could have been any school, but, like, that that program really um, kicked, kicked me into shape, I think, to prepare me for uh, expectation um, and really helped me, like, find my voice in design. You know, we, we had to take drawing classes and... I took a couple of photo classes as electives, um, a lot yeah. of computer lab time, um, and learning all the other uh, platforms like Illustrator and InDesign, and all that was was really valuable. You know, I was just like really uh, a terrible Photoshop designer, <laughs> which is like so crazy. Like I I use Photoshop to retouch photos now, and like. I don't use it to design in at all, but it was my primary design platform. And now I'm like, I learned Illustrator like to a T in school. And that was really helpful. Yes. Um, if I had to think about the negatives, you know, it's like that school was um, super expensive. There's, I mean, there's, there's been a lot that's come out about the art institutes over the years that were, that shade some not so great lights on their practices, but it, I don't know if that's necessarily a negative. I still yeah. got out of it what I needed. Right. Um, uh, but I would, I would say the only thing that I would change about school is, you know, I, I would think I, I needed more studio art classes. Um, and I also needed like, art or creative mentorship from my teachers like i 
you know, I, I felt like I was someone who was really hungry and like wanted to learn and wanted to make, but there were few people that were really pushing me in school. Mm, um, yeah. You know, like I, I, I wanted that. I wanted like critical feedback. I wanted to be challenged and um, I challenged myself in school, but I think I wish I had had more of that. Um, I don't know. I've, I've gone up, I've gone back and forth, you know, processing my time in school, um, you know, going to like, you know, should I have gone to RISD or NYU or oh, Cal okay. Arts or CCA, you know, like all these prominent art schools or the Art Institute of Chicago. Um, yep. I think I just, I, at that time, I wasn't ready to like venture away from my comfort zone. And so being in Austin and being close to my friends and my family um, was important. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good though. I mean, with you had your, you know, with the experience you had in high school, was it was probably good and comforting to you to have a support system. So it makes sense of why you wouldn't go somewhere completely new and not have any support system, and you know, maybe increasing your chances to fail. You know what I'm saying? So that makes totally perfect sense. So and you also mentioned that obviously when you're doing your stuff back in your band, you had more of a band in type, I guess, inspiration, and obviously the stuff you make now is completely different. Did you go into the art institute thinking that you would make one thing and came out making something else? So you do a lot of brand work now, so yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I I honestly didn't know what to expect. I think when I got into school, my comfort zone was sticking in my lane of what I had been doing before. Yeah, you know, I would take classes and um, that didn't have a lot of. Um, directive in terms of like what type of art or aesthetic you were doing it's just like it just needed to communicate something and so i was still in that lane yep. a lot um <laughs> but i <laughs> but i quickly got out of it i think because you know the projects the the program at the art institute specifically like we had a class we had many classes that were just like brand identity um illustrate uh i don't know if we had an illustration class but like packaging or um design team where you had to like work with a group of people to make a brand and uh, some type of not product but you know using a brand on a digital or a, a physical uh, medium and i think i figured out pretty quickly that branding was really interesting to me because I could still, I was doing a lot of like illustration and I was drawing a ton. So I was doing, I fell in love with lettering and um, drawing type became something that was really fun for me. And then how to turn, you know, how to create a, a logo, another brand mark that went with that and starting to, starting to essentially build a world yeah. and yeah. a narrative. Um, it became a fun challenge for me to be like poised with a or posed with a um, create a brand for something and uh, what does it look like? What does it feel like? Mm. You know, how do you talk about it? it? It became really fun to build worlds and stories. And I think that's where like Ooh. our class kind of we were all this is at this time now social media was a thing. And so and ui and um web design and i think 
our school and the, the classes that we had, you either kind of started to veer in the branding world or you started to veer into product design, making, you know, app stuff oh, or web. Yeah. And I was, I've always been a print guy. I'll be a print guy until I, I'm done <laughs> making work. Yes. I just, while I understand, you know, the important, you know, I have an iPhone, I use all these things. I, I came from, you know, physical, like making music physically, screen printing, physical, like physical, tangible things. And so um, I just wasn't into designing websites or apps like that just didn't interest me. So I, I went into the, the other space and I yep. think all everything that I did before kind of informed that but i say yeah or drew me to that it's crazy how you doing that stuff when you were 17 kind of yeah was the driving force to kind of what you kind of stay on that path going through i mean you know you being i think you being so diy and doing it back at that time was probably so beneficial <laughs> going to the oh, school yeah. space oh my god i still feel like that person it's crazy you know i I think a lot about my decisions and how I operate even now, you know, like I don't work for an agency. I've been freelance for almost uh, like five and a half years. So almost mm. six. And like, I, it's, it feels just like an evolved version of what I was doing when I was 17. Yeah. You know, I get a job, I print it, I'd send it out. Um, and so, yeah, it is, it is really interesting. I, I think, We'll get into it, but I feel like I, at one point, like, tried to pretend, like, not pretend, but, like, fit this, like, agency culture, like, type of person, and clearly it didn't work, because I, I quit my agency <laughs> jobs, and exactly uh, I, I'm back doing my own thing. It just kind of, like, it's always been that way, or that I think I was always meant to come back and do me yeah yeah and one thing i want to ask one thing about school because i think a, a lot of negative sure. parts my friends do have who went to the different art schools so they didn't teach them how to do the business side of it so did they teach you how to do the business side of it at school that's a great point and yeah i should have mentioned this there's you know there's not i think we took like a, we had like a business law class mm. but that's you know the law component is just a piece um to answer your question no no but, you know they did not teach us anything about like should you go out and start your own business you know yeah here, here, let's let's equip you with the tools to to do that because you know i'm still trying to figure this out um <laughs> uh but yeah they I, they were very much the program was very much geared towards like when you're when you're done we're gonna play, we're gonna find you a job yep and you're gonna be in an agency and, and you know like when you have that much support you have your hr and your bookkeeping and your project managers and um which honestly is great it's it's like it's awesome to have um support when you're when you're doing creative work because um I won't speak for everybody, but for me, you know, doing creative work takes a lot of energy, um, yes. and thinking and exploration and like the smallest things, give, you know, as a part of a project are like very strategically thought out. It's not just like, 
I typed this out and picked this color, and there you go. Um, <laughs> so I do wish, I do wish, you know, I had gotten a, a, a more like comprehensive business class because it's it is hard to do all the other stuff at the same time, like be your own accountant and manager and setting your meetings and and all that. But um, I don't know. Yeah. It would be nice to for that to be easier, but at the same time, um, I've kind of started to create a or a, a mental narrative of this whole scenario that you know when people work with me, they're getting a really personalized experience. You know, I'm one person. I don't have employees. Yeah. Um, and I'm a human being, so like, and I'm making creative work, and I try to be as uh, transparent about that as possible. Um, that you know some days I just need the day off or um, to ask for a lot of patience from my clients because you know I don't have a I don't have someone that's helping me so right um, so yeah I would say that that is it is a bit I think what makes it more interesting about my school is that like it they should have because it was such a like um, not a traditional art school they should have you know done some more business teaching mm. but i think this will be something that people will talk about for all time in regard to art as a business is that um even saying that feels problematic in some ways <laughs> yeah, you know? it does. like do you don't want to make art with money as the factor or the business it's like it's, it allows me to do what I'm doing, um, but it does at some, most times, kind of like I struggle with the moral thing of that because like I don't, I don't want money to be the reason why I create. So now, as a freelancer, you know I'm doing that work, but I'm Im- implementing a lot of, I do a lot of other work, uh, creative projects that have nothing to do with my design work. Exactly. Um, because I just don't want to think about it as a you know as a business. I want to like, yeah. I want it to feel like music, making music again. Yeah, it's still like fun. I have something I need to get out. Right. Let's get it out. Right. And not think about what what what's it for? You know, it, it's just for me. You know, to um, med- meditative yeah. creation. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing with it, and a lot of you know, a lot of creators who I know went to school for it, you know, unfortunately do it when they're getting paid which i think is silly but i'm glad that you found a balance so like i can still make personal work for myself and it be you know still passion instead of just for money you know what i'm saying um because that's just kind of depressing to me you know <laughs> that people just make art just yeah. for the money you know totally yeah. yeah i mean i've had to kind of reckon with that a little bit um you know the the DIY the the angsty like punk mentality that I you know grew up like really championing and realizing um, you know a lot of what I do for for work you know is capitalistic in nature mm. and I'm trying I'm a lot better and pickier with who I work with these days so that I can feel better about that. Um, but yeah, yeah. it's, uh, 
trying to remember what my point where I was going to segue back. I had a point that I was going to make. Ah. <laughs> it's going to yeah, come I'm back not to trying to, I'm not trying to crap on design or, or you know, like the, the industry. Um, but I definitely needed to find a balance um, because, you know, my punk, my 17-year-old punk self would not be happy with my 35-year-old self if all he was doing was, you know, making making work for other people to sell products essentially right <laughs> so <laughs> so yes 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 so going back to you graduating from school which i'm sure you kicked ass um you you said you went straight to the agency before you got with matt right no no i, I worked with matt first, first. Like yes we, I, we graduated yeah. and then we worked together for for a few years and then um i had gotten an opportunity to work at a studio in austin that you know i was loved all the work that was coming out of there at the time like it was really inspiring to me when i when i was learning about myself that you know doing brand and lettering and illustration and this you know um the type of work that i wanted to be doing um reached out and um I felt like it, I had to take the opportunity because, you know, I was in college. I was like, these are, this is, you know, this is an agency that I like used images and mood boards for projects in school. And now I have the chance to work there um, and work with some people that whose work I really admired. Um, and, you know, Matt and I, we really tried our, like to do work that we really loved and, um that's that kind of work but at the time i think we were, we were getting a lot of like yeah like startup tech brand work mm. and um just not stuff that we were necessarily stoked on but it was you know they were paying yeah. us well um and so again it just felt like where i was where i wanted to be that was the next that was a good next step um, was going to work at this agency. It's called Helms Workshop. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think. And I think that. Go ahead. Oh no! Go. You go for it. I think when I'm in 2017, weren't you working there? I. No, actually, okay. I think I was at the time. I think I was working at a. I was working at uh, the next agency that I worked okay. at called Gorilla Suit. That's what it was. I remember that. Yes, I remember we talked about that after your show. We went and had went to a, some diner, and we were talking about what you were doing. Yeah, I remember. I remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you did. You, so you did two agencies. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I worked at Helms for almost two years, and I think that's where. I really kind of blossomed in a way because I, I think I felt the, um, the pressure, I was putting pressure on myself for sure, but you know, I knew the work and the quality of work. I wanted to like be on that level. And so I really pushed myself and, and, you know, granted we had, they had the kind of projects that like I had always wanted to work on. It was like mm. doing branding for like beer brands or, a pizza place or um just stuff where i could really like explore and start to refine uh, my process and 
uh, feeling more confident in like illustration and doing brand work. Um, and I got to work on some really, really cool stuff there. And um, I made some friends who are still some of my best friends today, Lauren Dickens and Alana Lyons and uh, Colin Hall. Um, I don't, I have not worked with a stronger team of designers and I don't think I ever will that, that and we were just it was great because we were we were put in a, a work environment that was um, kind of toxic to be honest oh wow but but we we all loved like the designers like did I didn't feel like we were compete like we were kind of the the owner was kind of making us compete in a way um really to well uh, yeah i'm trying to think how to describe like you know like they put like two designers on like the branding project for this really cool brewery blah blah blah. and so like of course you know but, but it would be like don't show each other your work until we all bring it to the table so we're like all vying to win you know, mm-hmm. like we want our our idea and our design to go through, of course, because we, you know, we love what we do, or we're 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 kind of tied to our ideas, um, and so you know, when people's work didn't get picked, to, or or by the client or by the owner to go through, of course, you know, there's a little bit of a punch in the gut, because um, you know you think you have this brilliant idea mm-hmm. and you. You know, you're so proud of it. Um, either way, like I was saying, like all that aside, when we were, when the work day was over and we were out on the back, you know, shooting uh, beer cans with a BB gun, um, <laughs> we we were all like really close, like we're buds. Like we camped together. We all went to shows together. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Um, but I, over time, I just, I kind of, the, the, the work culture, the environment and culture, I just didn't feel like it was the right fit for me. And, um, I felt like I was doing really, really great work, but, you know, I was my, I wasn't getting paid very well. And I, I think it was, I was ready to try something else and I got poached from, um, uh, there by Gorilla Sue where I had actually interned when I was in college with yeah. Matt. Yeah. Um, and so I already, had already known them or the, a lot of the core staff was still there. And, um, you know, when we interned, we got to work on fun, fun, fun fest, which was still my yes. favorite music festival that ever happened in Austin. Yep. RIP. Um, uh, bummer. And like stuff at the Pearl. Yeah. We got to work on cool stuff there too, and uh, you know there were some more perks, and I was gonna be a more like senior level uh, designer, which I was at Helms too. But we just had more support around us yeah. at Gorilla Suit, which was nice. Yeah. Um, hold, wait, hold that thought. I'm got a question because when sure. I see job postings, designer, senior designer, blah blah blah. What is senior designer? What does that mean? Do you have a team under you? Like, what does that mean? 
That's a good question. I, I think it, it probably differs from um, studio to studio, but I would say it's kind of like a lead, okay. like a design lead. Yeah. So like in my experience, and this is not me saying what it should be, because I think any like creative hierarchy and like roles is it's just so messy you know ideally you you could be a creative person and not have too many boundaries um when you're in a space like if you have good ideas um but like you know like a junior designer would probably be working on in my experience like edits on menus or like web banners or um press checks and then so like a senior designer or lead designer like you'd be the be one of the people that like leads design for a project mm, um gotcha so you'd be in, in charge of executing what we're going to show the client essentially wow that's nuts so in far as in business agency setting what was the process of you getting to the the end result of a design you know you being part of a a team how, how how does that look yeah um we we have you know an onboarding uh, meeting um with the whole team that's going to be working on it so like you have your designers and uh project managers and kind of like going over like a brief overview of like okay we have this new client um this is their name this is what they're about this is the product that they aim to you know produce um and then we would have a meeting with the client the client would come through and then we'd uh, actually get to meet with them and tell them about each one of us and what our specialty is and kind of going through the scope of work of what we're going to be working on and then from there, you know, we're kind of off to the races internally where um, typically you'd send a client like a questionnaire where you're kind of like asking them questions about themselves, about their vision for what we're doing, you know, what their goals are, um, mm-hmm. things that resonate with them. Um, and so then we would put together like a strategy uh, deck that would essentially say like, you know, Here's a little bit of a narrative about you, what we're doing for you all. Um, here's like some ideas of what we think, how we've taken your answers to those questions and extrapolated that into like, let's just say like brand themes and then showing like images of like how we could see like mood boards, like um, that kind of tie back to those themes. And so we'll, you know, collaborate with the team and the client to to align on that and then we'll get into the design phase um where internally like uh you know let's just say there's going to be two we want to show two options and like maybe i'll do one option and another senior will do an option and then we just kind of keep showing each other and talking about ideas through the process and and what we plan to share to the client um until we get get that all buttoned up and then present the wow. work. Wow, I know that. I know, I know that's a. It, I'm not saying it can always be grueling process, but I know it's very involved. 
Because <laughs> creating images for brands it is, is. is and it almost has to be perfect when you get to the, the end result. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely really, at least for me and how I approach it, and this might be a shortcoming, but I always kind of, you know, put my um, process on how I work, even at an agency, and that was like really trying to create something that was unique to them um, and unique to their, you know, um, whatever uh, industry or like sector they were going into, you know, like if we were going to design a beer or like even like a light drinking beer, then we think about Lone Star and Coors and all this stuff. So like thinking about how we're going to sit on the shelf, but be unique, um, compared to the competition so it is it's a lot of thinking and i think the vast majority of the public doesn't wouldn't really completely understand the the creative process it really isn't just like i'm going to pick a cool font and type out their name (laughs) and pick a color and and then we're going to present it like it's it's very like it's a it's a process yeah yeah sure. it's, it's funny when you see a logo now a lot of people who probably don't know the ins and outs of the industry it's like okay cool that probably took them 10 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah it's like which you know sometimes things do come quickly but usually for big brands it's like nah usually it's a more involved process with the colors the shape sometimes the fonts are made from scratch you know it's just it, it's insane so yeah that's 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 amazing work that y'all you guys do <laughs> thanks yeah yeah of course of course of course um so moving on to you and matt because uh, i, I want to get to your personal you know because you're you're freelance right now i want to get to that because that's you know, what you're doing now but you working with matt with sturdy so talk about that and uh you know what you guys did yeah, we, I mean, we did everything, you know, we, our goal at the time was, you know, to do work we were proud of, but also to kind of make ourselves look like a, you know, bigger than we were. So, and, and we, again, we approached it like we approach music and that whole DIY thing, you know, we would, we would do the brand work and then we would do all of our own studio shots of like the work that we did we painted a food truck we did a couple of murals um we did some photography um i mean we honestly it was like it it, it, again it reminded me of like how we couldn't afford to pay someone to make our (laughs) t-shirts so we did it ourselves it was the same thing it's like we couldn't hire a photographer we couldn't hire a web developer we couldn't you know so it was like Let's, uh, let's make this fun for ourselves and kind of like dip our toes in to these other things. And, you know, I'd never painted a mural or a food truck prior to that. Yeah. Um, but we did. And um, it was cool. It was cool just to see um, what we were able to get to, like as two guys who, you know, we didn't know how to, again, didn't know how to market ourselves. This is like early social media i don't even think people were i think people were still actually posting photos on instagram and not ads and yep. <laughs> um so yeah we did everything we 
drew a lot of stuff like i remember illustrating a lot painting signs it it was a cool it was way more like hands-on approach than i've had since honestly yeah um so it was fun it was cool we really went for what we wanted to do and uh it was empowering because we kind of felt like we couldn't get a job anywhere and we were getting to do you know some stuff that we didn't like but for the most part we made the things that we did like fun for us yeah absolutely it's that cool. was awesome i love it because i was you mentioned this kind of before you know not having money was sparked some imagination and creativity to do things on your own it's cool how you're able to explore things like you painting a mural or a food truck, or whatever, because you didn't have the money to do something, you know, pay someone to do it. So it was like, well, let's get our hands dirty a little bit and we can, you know, learn a lot about ourselves and enhance our skills. And I mean, overall, it's just, you know, being better. So that's, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. It's totally like a, um, self, not self-esteem, but it's a confidence booster for sure. Because you're like, yeah. I'm going to go do this thing I've never done before. This could go terrible <laughs> or it could be a learning experience and it could turn, yeah, turn out to be something like you learned about yourself and it, you could find something new that you like to do. So yeah, yeah. I always wanted any excuse to get a, away from a computer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was great. That's amazing. And now Matt is also a, an exceptional photographer. You said you do, you do photography. Too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I, that's that's another thing i think matt and i have in common is that we just like have nerded out on a bunch of different things over the years like we both always had since i can remember we both always had guitars around had cameras around yeah and and have you know our computers and have our sketchbooks um so yeah yeah we both nerded out on photography um yeah, he's a, I remember his photo work. I wonder if he's still taking pictures. I should ask him. I hope he um, is. I hope he is too. I I loved his his shots. Um. Yeah, he. I think because we worked together too, like, and there was always cameras around. That totally motivated me to take more photos too, because I was shooting digital. We were both shooting digital back then. I don't know if he still is, but. Um, nowadays i'm i'm shooting film just like an old i have an old uh yashica t4 oh uh, point shoot 35 millimeter yes that's an awesome camera yeah yeah i love it um <laughs> and shoot uh gold 200 that's it and one of my old studio mates my friend keith he he's the one that first lent me his yashica and um i yeah i was searching for at the time and still um new fun creative outlets and you know i got tired of shooting digital because i was shooting you know landscapes and show like shows i went to and that kind of thing and i think i i loved it and i have a lot of photos i've taken i'm really proud of um but with digital, it's just a completely different experience. You know, you can sit and make your perfect shot. You can take a thousand pictures and get the one. But with film, it's like Christmas every time you yeah. You only get one shot. When you get your film back, it's like so much fun. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get my, my scans and get my film developed. Oh. Um, and just the, the aesthetic of, I love like the grain, the natural grain that yep. comes out in those. That, 
it's just yeah it's become like one of my favorite things to do honestly i love taking pictures yeah talk about therapeutic dude taking photos especially in film just sitting and taking your time with it and taking a photo and it's moving on yeah it's a, it's definitely a better process in my opinion i said that as a photographer so you know that's awesome that you do that still yeah yeah absolutely yeah. Yes. And, and definitely props to to matt for i mean he's a wealth of knowledge when you're getting into anything that he's nerd also nerding out on at the same time yeah um so absolutely and keith for letting me borrow his yushika Shout out to Keith. <laughs> so, <laughs> side note, when I, this is so random, because uh, I don't know they're still dating. I know Matt was dating a girl that was in New York a couple years ago. Um, I flew in, and I posted a photo of me in Brooklyn, and he was like, dude, where are you? And I was, I, you know, I was like, I'm in New York and Brooklyn. He was like, I am too. And I was like, what? And he was like two blocks over from me, and we met up randomly, nice. and we, we took photos together. <laughs> Amazing. So he was still taking nice. photos a couple of years ago. So it, that was the most so cool. That was the most random day ever. But um, yeah. Anyways, so you two, you That's guys, amazing. You guys worked together for a bit, and obviously, sturdy is. Did that kind of dissolve? Yeah, yeah. So okay. when I I left, Matt continued. Um, I don't know how long if he kept it as sturdy for a while, but you know, he eventually evolved it to just be his solo practice. Mm. Um. And we're still cool to this day, you know. There's no, no bad blood. We ended up being in another band together, or being in a band together, um, which oh, is when yes, uh, you shot us, torture, yeah, yeah, and Josh, yes, all, all the buds. and Phil, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is yeah, that made me very happy. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so- it's it, well, it's a. Good. Oh no, I was just gonna say, yeah, it was just really cool to be a part of um that group and like to feel connected again to the, the Texas music community. because um, I, I it was a long stint, you know, I had not been in a band in since like two thousand eight yeah. or something. Whenever um Matt and I or Matt had started writing with um willie and phil and i joined and then josh moved back from the east coast and we got him in involved that's right he played bass yeah of course i don't know why i briefly forgot about that yeah 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 wow good times that's nuts because that night ivy yeah. league played and y'all y'all played yeah that's crazy <laughs> yeah that was such a cool yeah that was, that was a, such a fun show you know i'd never I'd always wanted to play Mohawk. We got to play Mohawk. Um, met you. Met some great people. I love, dude. I still look at those shots that you took of us from that night, dude. So sick. I was. It was sick taking it because y'all were riffers. I was. I almost wanted to put my camera down and just watch, <laughs> but I was like, no, I gotta capture this. And I love to this day, like you mentioned, I love those shots. I actually might repost those soon, but. Those shots were so fun, and y'all just are just all badass. So that was a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you just you captured it perfectly, like the mix of, you know, us like playing, but also like the shots that, to me, you know, were really unique. I, you know, I'm used to seeing a lot of. I've seen a lot of music 
show photography over the years but even there's even one that you took where it's like my um it was like just like my leg down to my pedal board and it's like super grainy and it just looks so gritty it just was it was perfect it was there and there were a lot of those shots i think like looking back um we all were just kind of like he captured us perfectly it's great <laughs> yes so thank dude. you of course of course and hopefully it's the last one to take photos of you um but yeah so you going off and do your own thing and you actually left so tell us about your adventures after you left austin yeah so flash yeah fast forward past um you know leaving the agency life and freelancing um i think i had been freelancing for almost a few years and i think i just like wanted it i needed a change i i was feeling really like i needed um to be in a different environment um i needed to like get really inspired i, I just I'll always talk about this and it's something that I'll have to process probably for forever, but like, um, this feeling between, you know, being a Texan and being in Austin and what inspires me. And, you know, at the time I just felt really complacent and I needed to like be put in a uncomfortable position, but also like make some new experiences and get, inspired again so going to portland um which i had been a few times before in the pacific northwest i have family it's just like kind of seemed like a really great destination like i i knew of some of the creative community there in portland uh, one of my old co-workers al uh, was living in portland so i knew i had some friends and you're just close to some of the best the best hiking in the country mm. um and yeah that that was huge um it was it was definitely uh not an easy uh thing to leave your home state that you you know lived in for 32 years of your life yep um but that's just how i am i'm the type of person that's like i you know i need to i need if i if i get the idea in my head that that's something that i want to explore then i just have to do it i just have to put myself in it and see what happens so um went out there um i worked with my friend al for a bit which was great um was freelancing mm -hmm. and just like spent most of my free time hiking and camping and like being in in the woods um and then obviously like i mentioned earlier the pandemic hit and you know i never really got a solid footing there and the the last winter I was there was so brutal. It was like November to May through May. It's like gray and rainy and barely any sun. Oh God. Um, and there was just no, it was just a kind of a hopeless time, you know, like this waking up every morning, uh, listening to NPR and just like in my mind, I, if I didn't know when the pandemic was going to end, I, at the very least, wanted to be around people that, like, that knew me and, like, a good support system. So, um, to, to you know, commiserate with or to, like, lift each other up, you know, I didn't have any of that in Portland. So, um, I decided to go back to Texas and 
you know, be closer to my parents and um, my old studio mates and my, my old friends. Or, sorry, my friends. They're not old friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't long. You know, it was like six months in and um, I was already like itching to 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 get away again i just was some of the, a lot of the same feelings i'd had about texas and austin and like i almost feel like i was taking a step back it was like I, you know i was on this path to you know a new mm. chapter and yeah. i came back to austin and it's the same as it was it's um you know i'm, I'm back into my routines and which was comforting but um it just didn't last and so um i started dating my my now partner my girlfriend sophie um last early last or the spring of 2021 and early summer and she's also she's a an artist and uh does has her own studio practice but also does um public facing like mural artwork and so we, you know, we're both essentially can be anywhere. You know, she travels for work and does her jobs and I just need internet. Um, and she's also like a big on big traveler. So, you know, we went to Seattle a bunch and we went to Mexico and uh, New York and upstate New York. Um, yeah we were we were tra traveling bugs for for a long time and we ended up in uh joshua tree last september mm. for her birthday and we were just kind of like oh this is so amazing um we went back another time and then i think we both just like looked at each other and we were like oh we could live here like this is like such an ideal place to be to be inspired in a rural area but have access to la and an airport in palm springs oh yeah wow man i'm so it's funny you mentioned moving after 32 years of being in texas and i'm kind of on that path right now um i haven't really made a full announcement yet but um yeah i'm planning on doing that next january february of finally leaving north carolina and uh it feels so weird but hearing that from you it makes me a little more gives me a little bit more comfort <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think my my thing in life is just that, you know, I don't I've I think the mo the most traveled and um putting yourself out of your comfort zone and into other like cultures and um it's so healthy for for human human beings to just like not get to stuck in their world you know um it's helped me greatly but I, you know this is just me I don't, I don't not to say that people should never leave or people should always leave their home state um for good but um it's really good life experience it kind of you know see shows you what you're made of and like i said you know you could move you know, for me, from moving as a perfect example from Texas, a Republican, you know, generally pretty uh, conservative state to Portland, Oregon, which is like, you know, the complete polar opposite uh, politically and socially. Um, 
you know, I needed that. I needed to see what that was like, um, to see, um, to be in a community with, you know, was very different than Texas. Uh, so anyways, yeah, it's helped, it's helped shape how I view the world and appreciate all things and cultures and people, you know, it's, it's, wow. it's good. Where are you, where are you thinking about going? Um, so it looks like, which is funny you say that, um, I was thinking about going to a bigger city, but it looks like I'm going to go to, uh, Savannah in Georgia. Um, which is cool. a big nice. art, which is a big art city. Um, it's a smaller city, but it's yeah, you know, it's uh, it's about five hours from where I am now, so it's a little step out, but it's still a completely different environment. Um, I just got an opportunity there that my friend um, provided me, and I was like, I can't say no to that. So, um, yeah, it's, it is. I just feel a weird grief leaving this area because I've been here for so long, and uh, it's only July, but it feels like it's going to come up so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i know what you mean i i mean i had that same feeling when i left texas for sure i think loved ones don't understand you know like friends and family like you know the, uh, why why are you leaving don't leave and and you you'll it, it's it's a process for sure of, of and i think it's normal like we should grieve that you know yeah um but yeah, it's awesome. I've I've had some friends that went to SCAD and I've been through Savannah. Yep. It's beautiful. Yeah. That'll be good, man. Yeah. Stoked yeah. for you. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, I have a itch to uh I just came back from a bike trip where I was biking and camping uh, up in Maryland to D C. So I'm like you, I love being outside and camping and hiking and all that stuff too and you know, um I don't know if there's a lot of that around that area, but you know, I'll make something work out there. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, but for sure, for sure. Um, so yes, obviously you're you're in the Pacific Northwest right now, and I want to talk obviously talk about more of your personal your your work you're doing now out there because I see you working for a lot of it seems like a lot of beer companies and do a lot of logo work and all that. So tell us about how your yeah how your work is going now, um, and how you're getting clients and just how everything's going. Yeah, um, it's good. I think I've. I've been able to do enough work now because I've been in this, this, you know, specific world of work for a long time that I've been really fortunate to work on stuff that ha has a lot of visibility. So luckily I don't have to do much like cold calling or, or anything. I get, I get a lot of work inquiries to, to kind of continue to do packaging and brand work, which, you know, I really like, um, but I am trying to pivot in some ways to do stuff that is a little more outside of that um, that world. Hey, Pasa. What's up, beautiful people? My name is Kiera, and I am the host of the podcast, The Power of Semen, where procreation is met with wholesome coexistence. We'll dive deep into untangling concepts of masculinity and femininity by thrashing out gender differences, a common sense idea that seems rather radical sound like something up your alley then this is the podcast for you but just remember it ain't for everybody this is natasha walker and you're listening to free pizza um i yeah i still i'm still trying to figure that out to be honest um 
I think if I can find a really good balance where I can keep um, doing um, my freelance work and working with um, people that I feel really good about, um, that I'll keep doing my own thing. Um, I felt like for a bit that I wanted to have a start an agency um, or start my own little studio, but I keep you know, getting caught up with, uh, um, you know, having like being responsible for other people's, uh, you know, livelihood. It's a big deal. And especially right now, you know, the, our economy and work is so like up and down. Um, I, I just don't, I haven't been able to figure out a way to do that. And, uh, in a way that feels right and feels like I'm actually providing, you know, a good um, practice and environment for employees. Mm. Um, Yeah, I'm not, I I honestly, I'm not sure. I'm kind of just like not trying to put too much pressure on, um, you know, where this keeps going and more just how, how can I keep, working for myself and and working with clients that i feel really good about for example like we were talking about working in beer and packaging and all that and this is you know probably an un, un unpopular thought for a designer uh but because i think a lot of people would love to work on some of the stuff that i work have worked on but i I really like to keep things interesting and I also like to stick with my own moral compass and I think I've already to me I I've already exceeded my um goals in working on beer brands for example like right now I'm working on a garden like a indoor garden in Austin which oh, you know wow. feels good to me because it's uh, someone, for, you know, growing crop for the community and for, you know, trying to help bolster the Austin culinary scene. Um, and then, then I have another project that's another farm in Vermont. So, you know, like oh, wow, family-owned, smaller businesses that um, that just seem like they're doing something really interesting. You know, I don't want to crap on craft beer, but like. We don't need any more craft beer brands. Dude, I so agree. Many. You go to the store and you're just like, uh. Like, how, many, <laughs> how many do we really need? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I'm at is like, I want to I be more intentional with who I work with these days. And I want to work with people who have original ideas and are, you know, doing it for the right reasons, you know, like it's really easy to see that people that hard seltzers are are popular and then just going and making a hard seltzer you know yeah brand so um just being pickier um listening to my gut more and um whatever can feed my my personal practice at this point honestly like because i I paint. I've been started painting last fall. Hell I yes. Take photos, and I'm still trying to like. I still play my guitars all the time. I'm trying to think. Of, you know, write, create a new music project. So, yeah. Um, 
trying to tie myself back to that identity versus like the designer identity, which yeah. I feel like most people that is where I've been most recognized. Um, but yeah. yeah, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm the punk, I'm the 17 year old DIY guy. That's what I'm saying. It sounds like you're kind of circling back to, to just doing everything you possibly can to, to make the, to make everything work. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Drew, man, I hope you're very proud of your story, man. You have a very, very awesome story, and I'm very honored that you shared that with us, man. That's so awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it feels good to think back of my path, um, and just I just you know, I I want to be the type of person that hopefully motivates people to um, listen to their gut and try to. Um, you know, get, get get to the balance that they want versus, you know, what they think society, their family, the internet wants, you know, really, yeah. if you want to do something as cheesy as it sounds like, this is going back to my mom. My mom was just like, there's something that you want to do, do it. Yeah. Just try. Do it. If, you, if it doesn't work, at least you tried yep. and try something else. That's it. You know? Don't play what ifs. That's that's my thing now. I'm not playing no more what ifs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, man, this is so awesome. I can't wait to share this to the to the to the to the people. And of course, I tell everyone I can't ask you every single question in the world. So, are you open to people asking you or sending you emails if they have any additional questions or if they yeah. want to hire you? Okay, absolutely. Perfect, perfect. Please, was, yeah. Yes, yes, perfect. You have a lot of experience in the field, so I know people might have questions for you, so they can uh, get on their own path. So. Thank you so much for that, man. Of course, yeah. Cool happy, deal. Happy to do. Yes, yes. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Drew is amazing. Um, Peep's work, his work is insane. Uh, he's a lot of experience in the field, so um, I applaud you for that and uh, sharing your story and all that. Hopefully your mom is listening to this. Uh, she's an amazing person from what you uh, have told us about her. <laughs> and Truly. yeah, man. Yes. I will. She will. Yes, yes, and thank you so much for your story. Um, everyone else listening, subscribe to your friends, to your mom, to everyone, so I can, can I can continue doing this. Um, but Drew, thank you for your Absolutely. time, man. I will catch you, brother. You too. Yes, be safe, man. Later. Later, bud. Hey guys, so Drew had to end the podcast suddenly, and we didn't get to talk about his personal process when creating work. So I'm actually adding that now. So keep listening. And we're back with Drew. Um, so yeah, Drew, I want to talk to you about your personal, just your personal process with your freelance work and how you deal with clients and how you, you know, get to the end result from, um, you know, the idea that the the clients have. So can you talk to us about your process? Yeah, for sure. Um, luckily, I've been able to. I think some of the work that I did uh, working at, at agencies kind of got my work out there enough to where. Um, you know, clients will reach out to me because they've seen some stuff that I've done. Um, and I'm actually able to kind of give them a more, I call it like a more personalized um, experience than working with an agency because within the agency you have project managers and human resources and accounting and all this stuff. And so since I'm wearing all the hats, um, I try to like position that as an advantage, like, I'm really going to get to 
to know you and I or, and the people behind the project that we're working on. Um, so I, I don't know. I just think it's, it ends up being there's a there's a fine line because I don't want to come off as being like too informal. I'm like we're, like I don't want to be like we're friends, but like don't take advantage of me. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, I I talk with people. I get to know them a little bit. I send them this like questionnaire. It's really cool, and it, I think it helps a lot of people get into the creative process a little bit, especially if they're not used to it. Like if, most people that have hit me up. I've said like I've never worked with a designer before, yeah. or I've never worked with like a professional or whatever. You know, if I have a family friend or do this type of stuff, so I don't know what things cost or what the process is like. Yep. Um, so I send them this questionnaire, and it's kind of just like you know, what are your goals? How do you want your project to be perceived by people? Mm. Um, who's your competition? What are your yeah long term goals? If you were, if the brand was a car, what would it be? Okay. If it was a musician, if it was a writer, just like these kind of, it's starting to have me understand their taste a little bit, you know? So if, yeah. if they come back and they'd say like, oh, if I was a car, I'd be a 1982 Jeep <laughs> Grand Wagoneer. Yeah. Lifted and, you know, with the wood grain and I'm like, oh, okay, this person's into the outdoors and they like this color palette and... I just start to like take cues from their answers um, and I essentially build this like plan um, of how I'm going to work with them um, in a strategy and narrative for their project. I think it's probably important to note that I mostly work on like branding projects and then packaging. So I'm kind of trying to give, give them like the look and feel and how they talk about their project. Yeah. Um, so do that um i get them on board and it's super collaborative like i want i want my clients to like i don't want them to feel like i'm telling them what to do i want it to feel like they're able to collaborate with me as i'm working the entire process so that um they're comfortable and everyone feels good um and then we just go back and forth with design exploration whether that's with branding or illustration or packaging and um, seeing, you know, getting it to a point where everyone's really happy and we're able to show them how it, how it can live in the world. Yeah. Um, but it does vary from client to client too, because I've worked with like, you know, brewery that's just getting off the ground. And then I've worked with like Lowe's and Facebook. And so it, it does shift. Right. A little bit. Sometimes I have to do what the big entities want me to do. <laughs> um, but that's like it in a nutshell. Wow. That's very interesting. And I'm sure you love that as, you know, with the agency, you're more of a, I guess you're more of a middleman, but you're able to create a way more personal experience working directly with clients. So hopefully you can retain the clients as well for so they can keep coming back for more. Um, so you said, you mentioned Facebook. I'm interested in that. So how, what, what, what did you do for Facebook? First of all, and how did that process go? Cause that's a huge company. Yeah. Um, I got contacted by, um, someone at, so in Austin in Texas, they, there's a, a Facebook office. I think there has been for a while. Um, and like 
they are i think they have offices all over the country i'm not exactly yeah, sure they do. yeah but um they wanted to kind of brand the facebook office independently from facebook the like the proprietary facebook brand that everyone knows um so they reached out to me to work on that being you know i was in austin at the time and that was pretty that's interesting yeah. i had to like become a like i had to sign a lot of paperwork and i had to be put into their like billing system you kind of like temporarily become like an employee which <laughs> made me a little uncomfortable <laughs> uh but uh i did that yeah and um because you know for me it was really important like i was talking about in my process is like getting feedback like i i arranged and scheduled uh, meetings with like i think a dozen of their employees within different sectors of the office to kind of go through these questions that i mentioned because facebook they're not not just their staff but, um you know uh, their audience and people that use it it's just it's that it's so diverse so i wanted to hear from like any type of person so that i could get um you know info leading into the design process so i went in and conducted these interviews wow um, and yeah so then after that i you know did the work went back presented a few times um got got buy-in and and you know that's currently what they use, but I think it's just internal. Like I don't, I'm not even sure that they share the brand that I built for them for the Austin office outside of the office. Oh, really? You know, like, like I feel like it's probably utilized in the space. It's like, I don't know, just imagine like going into a big corporate office and there's probably like posters everywhere that say like, hustle, <laughs> the grind. <laughs> Uh, embrace the grind and then it has like my logo that i made for them somewhere on it dude um that's... it was fine you know it's not that's like very out of my norm you know i i work on i don't work on a lot of corporate brands so like i think if people saw it they probably wouldn't think that i made it it doesn't look like anything like most things that i work on mm. but um yeah i'm glad i had the experience absolutely that's a, that's a huge yeah. opportunity Are, is that on your instagram like is that can people see that no that's another thing is like they don't they don't i mean i, I guess i'm allowed to talk about it but i'm not allowed to like share the work um oh, wow. like i can't put it on my website um this is what happens a lot so it's something that i don't i'm not a big fan of in the in the in the world of design well it's a bigger a much bigger thing and it goes beyond Facebook, you know, even with working at agencies, they're kind of like giving credit to the people that work on the projects. Yeah. You know, they make you sign contracts that like you won't say anything. And it's just like, I mean, as creative people, we're kind of like proud. We take on things that were for certain reasons. I don't know about what at the time i think i just was i was about to move to portland so i was like i could use this project yeah. to help fund my move um but you know we're, we we want to share the work that we do um but like when you work at agencies or you work for big corporations they they kind of like want to keep it under wraps because it takes away from them getting business exactly they say that I worked on it, then they'd 
that could mean that someone would come to me for work instead of them. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's so weird. That's 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 not, insane. Oh well, I'm mean, not a fan, but I just have to separate myself, or I've learned to separate myself more the older I get. Just like sometimes this is just a project I'm working on, and as long as I do my part and uh, you know come away paid, I, I just have to think of it that. Way. Sometimes. absolutely absolutely i mean it is what it is i mean it with being a designer you just kind of you know you gotta take those kind of opportunities and it is what it is so i mean but you can have that you can say you did work for them so which is i mean hopefully a resume totally. as well so that's huge oh um, yeah um question and about that do you ever license work out or do you just mostly just let the client just have it and use it for whatever I mean, I've tried to do the licensing thing with a few, with a, it's mostly been with like, I don't want to say one-off things, but like illustration assets or like merchandise pieces or, um, I feel like I've licensed, I've actually licensed photography back in the day. Oh, it, wow. it, it kind of has, it's, it's varied, um, but most of the time it's for like full buyout. Oh, okay. So yeah. the contract will be essentially like, I'm making this for you. Uh, I'll give you an option for licensing, but if you want to own it and do what you want with it, you know, it's this, and that's typically what happens. Um, But I've tried to, I tried to crank down on it and because licensing, doing more licensing work would be awesome, but I don't know. I can't get a lot of buy-in on my end. It's been, it's been difficult. Um, Yeah. I'm sure clients really want to just own it and just be done with it. Like I don't want to every three years come back to, you know, and it's, I think I've dealt with that one time with trying to buy a piece of art piece for, for an album cover. And, um, she didn't, yeah, she didn't do buyout at all, which was fine, but you know, we just, it was a project that wasn't that huge and we wasn't really going to make money off of it. So we didn't really see a, a big point, but obviously with you, it's like dealing with these businesses, they're going to make money off this logo. So, you know, licensing would make sense in some instances, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I just keep trying to, you know, ed- well, not that I know everything, but, you know, I at least try to educate people with how I work and, and what is what seems fair to us. Because oftentimes, I can't tell you how often I get, I've done work with people and they come back and they want, like, for let's just say for a beer or something, they want a new label. Um and as soon as we're like out of the original contract, they think my pricing structure for just the label is too expensive. Or, and they're like, okay, well, then how about we license it? It'll be cheaper than doing a full buyout. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's hard to, I don't know all the intricacies of businesses' finances, but um, sometimes it doesn't end up working back out in my favor and they, they don't want to spend the money and yeah i can't yeah. i can't convince them so um but but i do end up retaining a lot of clients though you know like that's that's kind of like my bread and butter in the past like five four five six years is like doing initial design work and then um kind of like putting together a a contract that's like I can be available at this hourly rate for these types of deliverables. 
samples you know after we're done with our initial project together um and i work with a lot of like restaurants and um stuff like that and they always need new menus and merch and um so that ends up working out which yeah. is nice i don't like having to look for new clients all the time <laughs> so if i could just have like two or three um for a year oh, that'd be amazing that's my goal to have less clients but just like longer term and more stable like uh money coming in to be able to keep doing it because you know, I was doing my taxes earlier this year. I worked on like 20, I think 22 different brands last year. Oh. And not that I did all of those branding projects, but just like imagine like essentially like getting to know 22 different clients and trying to manage their needs oh. and their expectations. <laughs> I don't advise. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. How do you deal with the overlap? Like, I mean, how's your, so if you structured your day, how do you manage all those clients? Like, how do you, you know, keep yourself sane? Honestly, it's very hard. I don't, I don't, I feel like I'm not often sane to be, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> and it's something I've been trying to get better at for years. I think it's just, I, right now is a is an interesting time to answer that question. I think because of COVID, um, like I've seen a, a huge difference in um, scheduling is like incredibly difficult. Mm. Everything, and and I think specific to my clientele, like people that need cans, people that need bottles, people that are like trying to build new um, brick and mortars, like permitting construction materials um there's just supply chain issues everywhere mm -hmm. um anyone that's like sourcing things from overseas and so like you know when i start a, a project like i we have a schedule like we've, we've laid out like a timeline and honestly year one of covid was okay um it's it a lot more manageable but i think once things started opening back up again and, and businesses are trying to operate dude literally nobody stays on schedule and so for me as one person i'm like constantly shifting schedules with because i'm trying to be available for each, for each of these different entities when they're when they can do things but of course you know things always shuffle back where like everyone's ready at the same time and they all want need my time. And I'm just like, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dude. so really it's been, it's been a lot more boundary setting. It's been a lot more like communication and like, good. kind of what I was alluding to earlier about like, like really trying to communicate, like I'm one person this is a personalized experience. I don't have, of support um because i think a lot of people i think i'm a i'm a me like my old studio mates and other like freelancers who you know do a lot of work are in a situation where we create agency level work mm -hmm. but we can't offer 
the, the pace in which an agency works. And so because they have interns and a design team and um, creative directors, like you just have more hands. Um, so yeah, it's really hard to be honest with you. I think it's, it's always like evolving every year. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that things start, you know, normalizing and just people like the, the community at large starts to like be a little more patient because like we all only have control of so much, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's this man. I mean, I think about my photo work and, you know, all, all my other friends and who juggle and everything. I'm just like, I don't know how we do it. I, it literally, I don't know how we function. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, it's, it's, it's tough, but you know, all we can do is, and what I tell everyone is doing our best, you know, and giving, giving grace to everybody. It's just like a lot of people are still having a hard time. Yeah. You know, a lot of people haven't recovered from, from the pandemic. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I just have, I've just, that's my, that's my, like, uh, practice for, like, you know, this year is like setting more boundaries and, you know, asking, like, asking for more patience. Yes. Um, and, and vice versa. And, you know, like, I have to do the same with my clients. I have to be more patient. I have to, they have to set boundaries for me. So. Absolutely. It's, it's a two-way street. A, yeah. As long as we're, as long as we're a team, that's, you know, and our understanding, it's, it's all good. That's what matters. Man, your process is very, I mean, very straightforward. You know, I think you're, you're probably a very great person to work with. And I hope to work with you sometime as well for. Yeah, man, we should. Yeah, podcast stuff or whatever I need. I'm always starting something new. I actually have a record label I'm starting in a little bit. So I might have to. Oh, dude, please. Yeah. So I actually, you know what? Yes, we, we can talk about that. Yeah. We yeah. should. We yeah. should. Yeah. And I might need to hit you up too because I'm. I'm doing a lot of, well, I've been shooting a lot of film in the, from the past year or so. And I keep getting like opportunity, like friends of mine who are like, I have a month, I have like an open gallery. Like, do you want to do a show of some kind? But I'm also doing painting and I'm like, do I do a photo show? Cause I have like a lot of great stuff. Do I paint? Both. But I, I yeah, I don't, I need, I need some uh, intel from, from photographers and like, I, cause I've never shown I've shown photos online over the years and when I was in college, I, I did some prints that were really cool. And, but I just, I don't know anything about like, I got to pick people. I know, I'm good with paper and printing, but um, how to promote it or what I, how I should frame it or. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's at the, at the drawing board. Yeah. Do whatever you need. I can help. It's funny. You're in Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. So the, I just had a show last year and the print shop that I use for my bigger pieces is actually a print shop in Seattle. Nice dude. Please yep. connect me. Cause yeah, I'll send you a link. Please. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. My friend. Absolutely. So yeah, if you need me help, need help from me, just hit me up, but dude, this, I think we got it. Yeah. Yeah. Your process. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a good conversation. That was a good uh, addition. So I'll definitely put this, um, cool part of the um, interview inside the interview already did and it'll be perfect.
Sweet. Awesome. Dude, good stuff, Drew. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate it too. Um, I do this more. I need to like, I enjoy these conversations because you're on the complete opposite end of the country. You do, you have like, you know, your own medium, many mediums, and like just watching what you're doing and like yeah. talking to you too. It's like, it's definitely motivating. It's amazing. So, yeah. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. I, I'm here to inspire people, man. So like I said, I mean, if well, you're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's and now, working. It's funny. I was in, uh, when I was doing those photos earlier, I was showing my friend Drew, we were kind of co-working together at your site. And he was like, man, cause he's trying to be more of a designer as well. He does, a, he does a lot of font work. He creates fonts. Sweet. Yeah. He's super, actually I'll connect y'all. I'll see you his Instagram. Please. He's very talented. And, um, so I was like, yo, my friend, I'm going to interview my friend Drew today. He's like, oh, he looked at your work. He's like, man, this is sick, you know. So, um, and he's also trying to um, go overseas into the Netherlands, the school over there. So he's trying to, you know, branch out as well. So um, I've seen you his page. You might like his stuff. I think he's really Please. talented. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude. I love that stuff, too. I have a lot. Of, if he need, needs any um, connections, too, I have, a, I have so many friends that are type designers that are, like, killing it, like, a friend of mine in Austin, he was, he lived in LA and then he lived in New York and then he moved to Texas. And he, I think he designed font either for like the, the Mars mission or NASA or something. Oh my God. And they, they licensed it. And like, he essentially like doesn't need to do anything else. <laughs> like he made so much money off of designing like a very like clean sans serif typeface. And I'm like, dude, teach me. Because <laughs> <laughs> the goal is to do less work and make more money. You know, yeah. like you mentioned earlier. Well, was... just to have more free time too, you know, like, because I want to be taking pictures. I want to be writing music and painting. And honestly, doing type work is so fun. Yes. Like, you're designing arguably, you know, the most clear communication tool that exists for America or for, for people that speak is like, word like how words are look to us yep. and exactly yeah definitely connect me with him because i feel like i can connect him to the right people that once he's like doing his thing there's there's definitely like a strategy behind licensing and like especially with fonts because like if someone picks a font as their thing yes they can use it on their website and you gotta like some set they're gonna use it on their printed collateral and then you also like they want to buy they want to buy it, and then they may come back and say, "Oh, we need Latin characters, we need um, Asian characters," and like you're just like yeah. getting more. Dude, that's a goal, man. Work. Dude, heck yeah! Well, yeah, that would be perfect. Actually, he would love that. I showed, I showed him your work. He was like, "Man, I just want I want to get to that level." And I told him that you were traveling on the on the uh, West Coast. It's like, dude, that's literally what I want to be doing. <laughs> can be done just gotta it's like it's really cheesy but you just have to throw yourself into it you know you can sit you wait it's not gonna happen you just have to figure out how to make it work and go for it yeah i mean you're a testament to that you're and like i said you're you're inspiring me to you know figure out how i can be on the road too and do photo and podcasting so i'm gonna figure that out hopefully by you know this year next year for sure nice dude yeah we'll get there Dude, absolutely, brother. All right, I'll let you go, man. But hey, this is this has been wonderful, man. I'll definitely string this all together. Likewise. I'll probably get you. You probably come out the week after next. 
perfect cool sweet i'm looking forward to it i'm absolutely. really excited absolutely brother and i sent you that um my friend's instagram to your instagram page the oddest perfect cool okay got it absolutely sweet. Bro. all right man have a good awesome. rest of the day brother you too man all right be safe Talk soon later the free pizza podcast we are on spotify itunes soundcloud just go on the google app store go on everywhere check us out on instagram facebook myspace live journal twitter we tweet we'll do smoke sniggles whatever y'all need thank y'all so much have a good night